good morning. All right. All things new. That's not me. I'm old. But <laughs> anyway, um, thank you all for being here this morning. We're, we're excited today. Um, we have some missionaries with us. I'm going to introduce them. And I just wanted to say that the being um, one of the things I love about being part of the Assemblies of God, and I don't want to take anything away from our, if you're going to talk about us, our vote and everything and whatever, but um, one of the things is the, the, when, we, when we take on missionaries to support, we're confident in that because we know they've, they've already been vetted with their Assemblies of God. We know what they believe. We know what they teach. We don't, have to, we don't have to interrogate them when they come to find out because we, we already know. We know what they teach. We know, we know they believe the 16 fundamental truths, and, and we know what they're doing, and we know that their finances are in order and that their budget is made, and, and we help them meet that budget by, by sharing with them. But we know that, that we can have confidence in, in what they're doing, where they're going, who they're, who they're serving, how they're serving. And that's one of the great things that I, that I love about it. So today we are joined by Mickey and Jen, or Jennifer, <laughs> Daniels. And uh, I'm going to let them tell about themselves. They are um, they're from the Outer Banks, but they are serving in Ecuador. And so I asked them if they were going to speak in Spanish today, in which case, in which case I could interpret for you. But <laughs> Right, Ricky? <laughs> So would you welcome Mickey and Jen Daniels. Well, good morning. It's good to be here with you guys today. And um, I'm going to be speaking first, and then my wife will come. And uh, my voice will get a little scratchy. I'm having some trouble, and I can't talk very long for a while. But um, this morning, I want to tell you a little bit about our ministry. Uh, we've been in Ecuador for 15 years now, and we are from the coast of um, North Carolina and uh, we lived in Quito, the first part, which is the capital, way up in the mountains, cold. And now we live on the coast where it's very hot. And um, we live in a small little town called San Clemente. And it's actually three different towns that all um, run right into each other, San Alejo and San Jacinto. And so um, we're going to, if we can get those pictures up, and I think I'll stand out of the way. How about that? But um, I want to tell you about what we do over there. When we first got to this town, there wasn't a church or, uh, except for one Catholic church. And so the best way to start a church is to start with the kids, right? Get the kids to come. And so the first thing we did was um, we went down the street, this little poor area, and we began ministry with these kids. We first pulled up in our truck and started out of our truck. And after a few days or after a few weeks, one of the families allowed us to start meeting behind our house. It has a little metal roof over it. So this is the very first group that we started with. Okay, next picture. In the neighboring town, we began another kids' ministry, and this is actually on the beach. You can't tell it, but along the beach, you know, because we're in a town where there's full of fishermen, uh, there's little, uh, we call them cabanas, little um, bamboo huts, and the wives serve, they cook out of it for the people that are coming by, tourists and stuff. And so uh, we're friends with these people, so we started our second kids' ministry here in this town, okay? Um, during COVID, uh, where we lived, you were allowed one day a week to leave your house, and you were only allowed a few hours to leave your house. So what Jennifer and I did, instead of meeting in the two different groups once a week, we loaded our truck up, we went to 17 different houses, 
and Jennifer would tell a quick Bible story in about 10 minutes. We would hand them a craft, and they would have to finish it by the next week. So during COVID, we just kept on rolling, and this is one of the pictures of doing that. Uh, we do vacation Bible school every year. We have a family from Texas that has been coming for three or four years now and helping us, and this is our kids' group in our town, and uh, this is what we were doing here, okay? Um, just from being in the community and getting to know the people when you're in a small community, uh, everybody knows who you are, and they have watched us through the years and the work that we've done there. And so the schools, each of these towns have their own schools. And just from getting to know the kids and the parents, uh, this year before we left, uh, we were invited into each of the schools when they started their first day, and we were able to go to each school and pray with the kids that wanted us to pray with them. So this is what we're doing here, okay? Uh, we also have a youth group now, and the young lady in the yellow shirt, uh, she's been helping us for a couple of years. She's a pastor's kid, and she takes about a 45-minute bus ride once a week to come teach her youth. And this is a picture of her meeting with her youth, okay? And it's just another picture of them, all right? And so um, we started a brand-new church, and Jennifer will be telling you all about that, but um so we've started baptizing people in the water. We've had 28 baptized uh, since we started the church. <clears throat> and, and being from the coast and loving the ocean, we take them in the ocean to baptize them. And, and Jennifer does not care how rough it is. You can see that. Um, <clears throat> sometimes we stand in the water that's deep and just wait for the wave to come over them. <laughs> so this is what we're doing here, baptizing some of the people. I think there's another picture. Yeah, okay, next picture. Uh, we've also been teaching the church people about evangelizing. So about once a month, we go out into the communities evangelizing. We do it different ways. Uh, we go house to house. Sometimes we stand in, in one particular area of the street, and this is what we were doing here, okay? And another picture of us just uh, sharing in somebody's house, some of the people in our church, Okay. And uh, Jennifer was an ER nurse before we left. I was a commercial fisherman before we went into ministry. And um, just from going house to house and visiting people, uh, she's been able to use her nursing skills quite a bit. And this lady had a stroke and can't get out of bed except for somebody putting her in a wheelchair. And so we've had the opportunity to uh, go to places like this and uh, help people out medically and spiritually. Okay. Uh, this is another man that we knew since we had been there. And he had health issues, and he also had a stroke and um, was like this for quite a long time. And so Jennifer uh, helped the family quite a bit with medical needs, doing different things. And she also had the opportunity to uh, lead him to the Lord before he passed away. So we thank the Lord for that also. Okay. Um, in the community that we live in, in that area of Ecuador, uh, traditionally they do not get married legally they just move in together start a family and and that's the way it works so since we've had the church and been teaching them about the bible we've been teaching them the importance of getting married and so we've had five or six you can just go through a few of pictures uh families in our church that have now gotten married so we just throw them a little wedding so and they don't know what a wedding is so we can make it real short and simple and <laughs> so, okay next picture <clears throat> This is our church. Um, it's, a, it's not even a building. It's just a, a closed-in piece of property, and we built this metal roof over top of it, but inside it's open. 
and uh, we rent it. Our plans are to build a church, but uh, this was a discotheca before we rented it as a church. And so uh, we've had a few people come for the wrong reason, but anyway. <laughs> the name of our church is El Poso, which is the well. You know the story in the Bible of the Samaritan woman, and we wanted everybody to know they were welcome in our church, and so that's why we named it that, okay? And this is our congregation. We took this picture just before we left. We came home in October, and we're home until January of next year. We're home raising money to go back, okay? Uh, we, have, we have our church night on Thursday night because the weekends are real busy for them. That's when the tourists come in, and they make their money. So on Thursday night, we have church. On Tuesday night, we have Bible study, and that's what Jennifer's doing here teaching, okay? And then on Sunday nights, we have prayer. Um, and so we're, we meet in... When we have prayer, we meet as a big group praying, and then we break up into little groups. And uh, we, it started off as an hour prayer meeting, and now it, sometimes it goes quite a while. But um, anyway, okay. Um, back in February, we knew we were coming home to itinerate, and so we were looking for Ecuadorian pastors to take over the church. So this is Rafael and Hemises, and they are now the pastors of the church, and they will be when we go back. Um, so just... Uh, it's a challenge for them. They've never pastored before. They, they were raised in church, but they're new at this, so just remember them in prayer, okay? And we were looking for a piece of land to buy, so when we go back in uh, 2025, we're going to build them a church, and so most of the land we were looking at was around $50,000, and so we found this piece of land for 18000 so we bought it. And uh, what we're doing here is we're filling in for the foundation. I think you can go to the next picture, too. And um, this is going to be the inside of the church. You'll seat about 150 people. Okay, the next picture. And this is what we're hoping the outside will look like. It's right on the main street where people going and coming. It's a good location. And um, I said, that will catch their attention because nothing looks like that around there. <laughs> okay, next picture. Um, this is a friend of mine. Him. This is where we have the second kids group. And this is Wilson and Marisa. Uh, when we first met, met Wilson, real quick story, he had no hope in life. He was barely making ends meet, paying for his family. Uh, we just began to have kids group there, began to have Bible study there. He was a drunk, uh, never smiled, never laughed. And a few years later now, he's, uh, he lives for the Lord. He has one of the biggest uh, hearts you'll ever see. Uh, he does not drink anymore. He smiles and laughs all the time. We just thank God for that. God has changed his life. This is Juan Pablo. He's actually a lawyer slash realtor. He helped us buy the land, and he's helped us with a lot of uh, legal issues. Uh, he is still learning. Uh, he's, he's, he struggles with a lot of things, and, but God is just changing him and working on him, and I just wish you guys would remember him in prayer. He's, he doesn't really understand yet how Jesus works, but he's learning, so just keep him in mind, Okay. And then my wife's going to be coming, but um, we just want to thank you guys so much for allowing us to come today, and uh, just uh, thank you so much, Pastor. Buenos dias. Yo quiero dar unas, un saludo a todos que hablan español. Yeah. Okay, well, I just want to say thank you, Pastor, for having us. Thank you for allowing me to say a few words in Spanish. I'm missing it. Um, but uh, I just want to... 
uh, add on to what Mickey said. Um, he shared what the Lord is doing there in Ecuador. God's doing great things. But I don't want to leave the story unfinished or unbalanced because, you know, a lot of times we can look at other people's lives and say, wow, you know, look at what they're doing. Look at what God's doing. But do you know that God uh, is also faithful and good in the hard times of our life, not just in the good times? And so today I want to share a couple of those hard times that we've been through to show you uh, the other side of the story that, you know, God... He's doing great and amazing things, but he also is doing great and amazing things in each one of us. He's making us new, right? And you guys are in this series of all things new. And so I just want to share a little bit about that. In John 16, Jesus told his disciples, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Anybody here ever been through problems and tribulation? Yeah, all of us, right? It doesn't say if you have it, it says you will have it, right? So we have to be prepared, but we can be assured that God will be with us, that he will help us to overcome. And so um, today I just want to share about three different uh, scenarios, three different things that we've gone through uh, during this term. It's been one of our hardest terms ever, um, spiritually, physically, mentally, in every way. But God is so good. He's so faithful. And I want you to leave here today knowing that God is here for you. He has not left you. He will be with you always and in everything that you're facing. Uh, the first thing I have termed is uncertain times. When um, we got to Ecuador this last term, we knew we were moving from the capital to the coast. We had a pastor out there that had helped us find a house. So we went out there and looked at it. We'd already put money down on it. But when we got there, we felt a little bit uneasy. We were like, we just don't think that this is the place that God has for us. So that night at the hotel, uh, we were praying and we just felt like, God didn't want us to be there. And he gave me some scripture and just some warning. And so in the morning, we got up and we called the lady and said, you know, we're not going to take the house. She was really mad. Uh, I lost my money, but oh well. Uh, and I said, okay, God, we need your direction. And so we said, well, let's go to the next biggest city over, which was about 40 minutes away. God actually literally closed the road. We were headed that way, and there was a strike. You know, in other countries, people strike for all sorts of reasons, and they were out in full force, and they had the road closed. So we had to turn around. We're like, just go the other direction. So we head towards the beach, and we end up in this little town called San Clemente. We have ne never been there before. didn't know anything about it. Um, but we were able to find a place there to rent for for a month so that we could pray a little bit more and see, you know, where God wanted us. So we took that time. We looked around at different cities, went back to the one that we couldn't get to at the time, but nothing seemed like it was the place for us. We had a son at that time that was living with us and a big husky dog. And um, so we stayed there and we said, all right, God, this this has got to be it. So we stayed. And then it was after that that we had found out that there was no church there in this place. And so, you know, a lot of times we have plans, right? But God's got a better plan. You know, and even when we mess up, anybody ever mess up? Right? Or we don't listen? God has a way to bring us back. He makes a new way, right? He opens a new path when we submit to his plans. And that's the key, right? Surrendering to him and to his will, knowing that his plan is the best plan for our life. Amen? The second I have termed health crisis. Uh, five months after we got to Ecuador this last time, we hosted our first team, and it was a construction team. So Mickey was over uh, helping them the whole week. He was working over the concrete mixer, breathing in all that concrete dust and everything. 
So by the end of the week, his horse was really voice. Oh, his, his voice was really hoarse. <laughs> Can't speak any language today. Um, so, you know, me being an ER nurse, Mickey t- told you that I was an ER nurse. I was like, you know, you're not bleeding, you're not dying. Things are fine. You just suck it up, right? Come on, be a man, right? So, um, you know, a couple weeks passed. Not, he wasn't getting better. So I was like, all right, maybe we better go see somebody. So, you know, medical care is not the greatest in Ecuador, but we went to see a couple people. Nobody really knew what was going on. They gave him some treatment. And um, so then I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of getting worried about this. It should be getting better. It's not. So we went back to the capital in Quito, and we found an a ENT doctor, and he actually put a camera down there and saw that Mickey had plaques on his vocal cords. So he did a biopsy, and he found out that Mickey had vocal cord cancer. And um, so, you know, like you just all responded. You hear that word, and you're like, oh, God, what's going on? I mean, we just got back into the country. We've only been here a very short time. You brought us to this place where there's no church, and now we're going to have to go back home. It doesn't make sense, God, right? Anybody ever question God? Yeah. We were too. And we're like, you know, thinking about what's going to happen. You know, is Mickey going to survive this? We know what's he going to have to go through. But we just decided, you know what, God, you've brought us this far, right? We can trust you. So we just began to play worship music and just began to praise God through it. And we came home. Mickey had 34 radiation treatments and praise the Lord, he's cancer free. God is good, no? And as a result of that radiation, it's left him, you know, at times where he loses his voice and also with problems in the muscles in his neck and he has to get Botox injections to relax the muscles. But we're believing that God, you know, he begins something new in Mickey that he's going to complete it. And so we just continue to trust that God will heal him uh, through that. But God can do the same for you. Look in, in the Gospels, right? We see Jesus. He healed many people not at various stages of suffering in their life. Could have been days, weeks, months, or years. But he, was, he, he gave that touch. He ministered and healed their bodies. And he can do the same for you today. Amen? He's always doing something new. He's always renewing our minds, our thinking, our, our thinking patterns as well. The last thing I have, uh, I call hitting the wall. Anybody ever hit the wall? Not physically. I mean, well, maybe some of you have. I don't know. But um, when we got back, we, we were only in the United States for five months when Mickey had his cancer, and we went right back to work. And uh, so we got there, and as Mickey said, we started with the kids. Actually, we started with teenagers in our house, which led us to the kids, which led us to the adults. We had some home groups that we were doing. And then uh, during COVID, we opened the church. And so things were going good. We were seeing people get saved. Uh, We were seeing people get uh, free from demonic spirits. There's a lot of witchcraft in Ecuador where we live. And so, I mean, it was like we were living in the book of Acts. Like we were seeing these amazing things. And uh, we were just working hard at it. And the only help that we had was the woman that you saw that was helping with the youth. Everything else uh, I was leading because uh, we, didn't have it, we didn't have any other Christians that even lived there. <laughs> Everybody that came to church, they were all new believers. And so we found ourselves just working hard. And um, how many know that you can only work hard for so long, right? And so I hit the wall. I became burnt out. Mickey, um, he, he went to language school with me, but he had a hard time speaking the language. So a lot of the speaking 
things uh, I have to do. But I ended up in this place where <clears throat> I was just physically, mentally, spiritually just depleted. I was giving out so much more than I was able to take in. I was still reading my Bible and praying and, and doing all that stuff, but it wasn't enough to what I needed to be able to give out. And uh, as an emergency room nurse, um, I always had to stay in control, right? You know, when a family is suffering or they've lost a loved one, you know, I can't be there crying with them. I, in emergency situations, I always have to be the one that's you know, there, the rock, right? And so I was very good at pushing down all of my emotions and not dealing with them. And during this time when we started the church, I also lost my mom to cancer. Uh, I lost both of my grandparents. They were old age and praise the Lord, all of them were believers. But uh, I never really had time to grieve because right after my mom's funeral, helped my dad clean out the house and I was back to Ecuador. Even with Mickey's cancer, uh, I don't th feel like that I took the time, you know, to grieve for that either. And so I found myself in an unfamiliar place. And all of a sudden, all these emotions that I've kept in for so long were now starting to come out. I mean, I felt anger, bitterness. I was critical of myself and others. Uh, I was depressed. I was anxious and grieving. And I found myself uh, one day just laying on the floor in my office, just crying before the Lord, saying, God, I can't do this anymore. God, I'm tired. Lord, I don't know all these things that I'm feeling for the first time, and they're overwhelming me. And, I, and the enemy also is just attacking my mind in every way, putting doubt and saying, you know what? Just take your life. It'd be easier. And I thought, God, I don't believe that, and I would never act on that. But I knew I was in the pit. Anybody been in the pit, in the valley of the shadow of death, right, where you feel like you just can't get out? And so I reached out to my boss and they prayed for me and they said, you know, you guys should go home, take a break. And uh, we were getting ready to go home for Christmas to see our kids. And so uh, we went home. And during that time, we got COVID. <laughs> Lived in Ecuador the whole time, never had COVID. Came home, added another thing to my list, right? And um, we got to, to stay an extra week because of it. But we had to go back because we were in the middle of getting our residency and uh, I was four years worth of work. And if we didn't go back, we were going to lose that. We didn't have pastors to take over the ministry yet. And so I said, Lord, I need you. And, you know, God was so faithful. He gave me everything that I needed. In my devotional time, he would give me words. Hey, there were days when I thought God didn't hear me at all, right? But there were other days where he gave me a word that I could hold on to, that I could cling to. And I knew that he was there and that he was going to sustain us and help us to be able to make it through the, the final time that we were there. I learned a lot about God uh, during that time. I learned a lot of valuable lessons uh, in the midst of that dark valley that I was going through. And um, I knew that there were things that God wanted to change in me, too. I knew that there were greater things ahead, but there were things that I had to deal with. And I'm not talking about deep, dark sin or anything like that, but there were things that God wanted to change in me so that I would be able to continue to be able to minister, right? Boundaries that I had to start saying no, right? Um, things like that, that God, I had to surrender to him. And at first I was kind of resistant because, you know, we think we, we know what we're doing, right? But God had to get a hold of me and bring me to a place where I had to be completely dependent on him for everything in my life. And he did that. He was doing something and making something new in me. 
and I thanked him for it. It was the hardest time. I, and I, I can't say that, you know, I was better in a couple of weeks or months. I mean, this was a two-year process. Sometimes it takes a while, right? Sometimes we go through these dark places and we think, God, when am I ever going to get out of it? But you know what? God is there. He's in the middle of it. You remember when after Jesus fed the 5,000 and they were out in the lake and the storm came up, the disciples are out there by themselves and they're straining at the oars. They're physically tired. They're probably thinking, Jesus, where are you? You know, we just saw you do this miracle and now you've left us. You abandoned us. But Jesus, he hadn't forgotten about them. He was praying. He was interceding for them. And then he walked out onto that water, right? And what happened? They didn't even know it was him. I mean, they just saw him do a miracle. They didn't recognize that Jesus was there. But he said, hey, don't be afraid. And he got in the boat and he brought peace in the middle of that storm. He didn't take them out of it, right? He met them in that place. And so many times in the Bible we see that, don't we? Throughout all the Bible we see stories. What, what about Daniel in the lion's den? Did he take Daniel out? No. But he did something incredible. He shut the mouths of the lions. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They had to go into that fiery furnace. But who went in with them? Who protected them? Right? How about Paul? I mean, gosh, he suffered everything, right? He was, he was whipped, imprisoned, shipwrecked, all these things. But God was with him during it all. He's in the situation with us. And no matter what you're going through today, you can know, you can trust that God is with you. He, he, he didn't promise us that we would have an easy life, but he promised to never leave us, to never abandon us. And that is the hope that we have. And so today, um, would you just stand with me? <clears throat> it's in those hard times that many times we see God do the miraculous like he did for so many in the Bible, like we were just talking about. Nothing is too hard or too difficult for him. This week I've been listening to a song um, by Katie Nicole, and part of the lyrics say, um, hold on just a little bit longer. These days are going to make you stronger. You will find purpose in the pain. Deep down there is a well of faith. This walk that we are on is one of faith. We can't always see, we can't always understand what is going on, but we can trust the one who is in control, and that is God. And he loves you, and he's rooting for you. And I don't know what it is maybe that you're going through today, but I know that he has the best in mind for you. It doesn't matter that what you're going through is a, a result of a spiritual attack, a bad decision, or just the course of nature. He wants us to recognize that he is there. That he is in the situation with you. And then he wants to make all things new. What do we need to do? We need to submit to him. Say, you know what, God? I trust you. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what to do about this problem I'm facing. I have to make decision just like we did. He'll make the way. Maybe you're fighting a physical battle today, a chronic disease, cancer. 
He wants you to know he's with you. He sees the pain. He sees your tears. He is with you. And he wants to touch and heal you. Or maybe today you're in that pit and you have tried to scrape and scrap to get to the top. And you feel like you're hopeless and that there's no way out. But I'm here to tell you that there is a way out. His name is Jesus. Just surrender to him today. If you're here today and you are just in the midst of a battle or a problem, a situation, and you just need God to do something new, to make a new way, would you just come forward? I just want to close in prayer with you today. And we're going to trust put our faith in our trust and surrender all to him today. Anyone here today? Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God. Nothing is too difficult, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Pray with me today. Lord, we just give you, God, all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Father, you know, God, Lord, what each one, Lord, God, that has taken this step of faith today, Lord, to come to this altar, God, Lord, to lay it all down at your feet today. God, you know, Father, God, what is going on, God, in the bodies and the minds of each one today. And God, we cry out to you today. God, we know, God, Lord, that we are weak, but that you are strong. And so, God, today, I just pray, Father, God, for each one of these, God, Lord, that you would just minister, God, Lord, that your presence would just surround them, God, Lord, like never before. God, Lord, God, just infuse them, God, Lord, with the hope, God, that we have in you. God, I pray, God, Lord, for your healing healing touch, Lord, today. God, in each one, Father, God, that is battling today, God, an illness, Lord, a sickness, Father, cancer. God, we know, God, that nothing is too difficult for you. God, Lord, we praise you and thank you, God, that in the middle, God, Lord, of our storm and our torment, God, that you are there. God, those that are struggling, God, with depression and anxiety today, God. Lord, those, God, Lord, that have suicidal thoughts, Lord. God, we just come against it in the name of Jesus. God, we declare, God, God, Lord, God, that the gates of hell will not prevail. But God, Lord, that you would just give peace, Lord. God, that you would surround. God, that you would take control, God, of every thought, Lord. God, that passes through our mind. God, that we would submit it to your word. God, we thank you, God, Lord, that we can trust in you. God, that you are bringing hope in this moment, God, to the hopeless, Lord. God, I pray for those, Lord. God, that are struggling, God, with addictions today. God, whatever it may be, God, whatever bond Lord, that your people have found themselves. God, you are able to liberate them and set them free. God, I just pray, God, today, God, that you would begin that process, Lord. God, liberate in Jesus' name. God, we thank you, Father. God, there is none like you. You have no rival. You have no equal, Father. God, and for that reason, God, Lord, we just put our faith and our trust in you. God, there is no other. God, no other God can give us, Lord, what you can give us, Lord. God, we just trust in you today. God, we love you. God, we thank you, Father. God, for what you're doing, God, gird us, Father. God, give us the strength that we need, God, to face every day. God, help us, Lord, to submit our lives and our plans to you. God, knowing, God, Lord, that you, God, make all things new. God, that you, 
God can make a way where there seems to be no way. God, Lord, bless your people today. Bless this church. God, thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, thank you for Pastor Moises. God, thank you, Father, Lord, for the vision, God, that you have given. God, this church, your people. God, continue, God, to reach the lost, God, in this place, Lord. And God, Lord, we just give you, Father, all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, as you stand today, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to ask Mickey and Jen to come back up here. Sorry, Jen, I know you just left this place. But um, listen, this is, um, guys, uh, at the end of every month, you, you, this may be your first service, but we're, we're trying to focus an emphasis on missions because we believe it's something important, not only locally, but around the world. We believe that a church's health is not measured by the people that sit in their seats, but the capacity that they have to send people out. That word ecclesia, that, that Greek word, means exactly that. Those who are called out. Meaning that church is not a place of comfort, but one of calling. You are a product of someone saying yes to God one day. And preaching this gospel to you. Even our parents, I thank God for my dad. For saying yes to God. And presenting this gospel to me. We get to do that as a church both locally and around the world with missionaries like them. They are an extension arm of our church. As they proclaim this gospel to places that you and I can't reach. We do a great job in our community. But I've told you, we're going to be a hospital to our local community. And a command center as a church body. We're going to meet the needs of those who are hurting in our community, but we're also going to be ready to answer the call to be sent out and make an impact in this community and around the world. Amen? So I want you to stretch your hand forward and join with me in prayer as we bless this couple for being here. Thank you, Jen, for that word, for sharing, for, for Mickey, for being here with us. It's an honor to have you here. We don't have many of you around here, okay? We're new to this. But we're so thankful to see the ministry of God happen in the different areas of the world. We are committed as a church to them, both physically and financially. It's whether you join with us. Do you want to be part of this party? <laughs> Amen, right? Amen. So we're going to bless them. We're going to bless this couple. And, and I hope that, that, that you feel that call in your heart to understand that God has called us to something a little bit bigger than what we see in front of us today. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I lead this prayer in agreement now, Lord. Believing, Lord, that what you have in store for Mickey and Jen across seas, Lord, is important. It's something that you have declared on their lives that they've done for many years, Lord. So I just pray for favor for blessing over their lives, the life of their family, Lord, for you to continue to guide them and spread your light where there's much darkness. Lord, I pray that you would bless them with resources, with abilities, Lord, for the call that you have placed in their hearts. Lord, give us the ability as a church to partner with them, to continue to move this gospel forward. You called us, God, to go out and make disciples. And Lord, we want to be part of that movement. So allow us as a church today, Lord, to understand the assignment, to partner with Mickey and Jen, Lord, as they go into Ecuador 
and preach the good news to children, to adults. And as they establish the church, Lord, give them the ability, Lord, the wisdom, the resources to do so. Lord, we love to hear the reports. We love to hear what you're doing around the world. We love your favor, your blessing, your involvement in our lives. It's so true and it's so good. And I just pray a blessing over this couple. May you be with them in everything that they do, Lord, for the glory of your kingdom. Thank you, God, for being so good and for letting them come today. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Can we give it up for them one more time? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.